2: Here we are. We're going to sing for a minute, okay? Our chains are gone. Our chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love amazing grace. So this is Chris Tomlin's song from I don't know how many years ago. Quite a while. As the social media platforms who hate, lib- who hate Christians, all the liberal platforms. Well, here we are. Worship song people. The Lord has promised good
1: to me. What has promised good word, my hope Secure, my hope secure.
0: He will, <laughs> my share, and push me <laughs> as long
2: as I wait for Rand to sing his version of the song. Mm-hmm. Well, we were going to do
1: this in Easter. My choir. are
2: gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior. He has ransomed me <laughs> and, and like a blood is perceived. Unending, unending love, amazing,
1: love,
2: amazing grace.
0: My days
2: are gone. Yeah, they are. I've been set free. What have you been set free from, people? God must say. I know I've been set free from. His mercy rains unending unending
1: love, love, amazing grace.
2: Yeah, it has. Last
0: verse. The earth shall soon dissolve. The sun
1: forbear to shine.
2: There you go. Not quite what I expected to open this show with. I was going to do something more upbeat, but But. I didn't. Hello, people. So, today is Friday. It is October 2nd. Thirty-seven years ago today, I was baptized into Christ. I was buried with Christ. And I was raised to walk in the newness of life, like Romans chapter 6 talks about. Very cool yeah well well, it was very yeah it was interesting actually my mom got married same day she went off to las vegas to marry a guy skipped my baptism and yeah it was interesting she didn't care she was like i don't want my daughter baptized you're a catholic forever i'm like okay i don't think so but whatever (laughs) i was thinking about it today i was thinking I was thinking about it. I was thinking, I wonder, you know, you know, my mom has been dead for 18 years and, and in a, in about a month, it will be 18 years. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking there's so much in my life that my mom has not seen. And, you know, I, I was just wondering, you know, I was kind of, I don't know, you know, if they could see down here in the heavenly realm or in the earthly realms or not, but I do think it's kind of interesting to think about as far as um the afterlife you know and and everybody today is thinking about the afterlife because president trump has COVID 19 apparently you know when i heard the news my first thought was this is going to be interesting and my my second thought was he's not going to die my third thought was the left is going nuts and they're hoping he dies and I'm sure there's like a million hate tweets and, you know, hope he dies and that's what he gets for not wearing a mask and blah, blah, blah. And then I started thinking about the trace act and how they're tracing everything back. Like who gave it to him, you know, like say who, 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 uh, you know, who gave it to him and stuff. And and I'm just like, whatever. I personally think that mask wearing is stupid and I think this whole thing is a big con and it's no worse than the flu. It's probably, it's actually a lot less than the flu. And I was telling Randall, I, was it last night I were telling you that I think that, it, or was it today? It might have been today. That I think that this flu season is going to be like totally minor. Because, <laughs> because of all the precautions. Yeah, because we're all washing our hands already as it is. So I'm thinking. It was today. Yeah. Hmm? You were telling yeah. me
1: and it was today.
2: So, huh? What? It was you... today? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, well, the,
1: depending on whose, uh, you know, stats you read. Right. You know, the um, hospitalizations with normal flu season are higher than COVID-19 has been. But they say COVID-19 deaths are higher than typical flu uh, outbreak.
2: Nice.
1: But, you know, I look back. <clears throat> I mean, even,
2: nice stats. I don't mean that's nice uh, as in...
1: Yeah. You know, I've. You know, I was a I was a wee little lad and you were you were just a baby. Uh and
2: I still am apparently to some uh, people. Sixty
1: eight, sixty nine, the uh the Hong Kong flu I hang out
2: with old people.
1: The Hong Kong flu pandemic was <laughs> very comparable to um COVID nineteen and it's as far as uh infection, its spread and death rate and all that kind of thing. Economically, it was a completely different story because there wasn't uh, any worldwide so shutdown all... of shelter in place, kind of thing.
2: So, all you guys, I got so many messages from you guys today telling me, um, you know, giving me news updates. I want to thank Sean, Sean Muchi. I don't know if you're here, Sean, yet. But Sean was the first one to tell me. Well, actually, no, it was Bareface. Bareface told me about Trump. And then Sean messaged me and told me, that he went into the hospital. And here's what I know. In case you're not aware. Did you know that Walter Reed has a presidential wing to it? You know. When they're told oh, he's going to the hospital. He's going to be laying in a bed. And he's going to be on a ventilator. And I mean that's the picture I think that people are getting. It's like oh he's, he's going to go. No. There's a presidential wing in the Walter Reed hospital. He's going to be doing his work there. He didn't hand over his. You know he didn't say Prince is is now the temporary president he didn't say any of that he's in fact if you go to Twitter bareface if you go to the um, the president's Twitter account which is what is it real POTUS or something like that real real Donald real, Trump. real Donald Trump he put up a little 18 second video which you know the media is <laughs> They're blowing it up. I, I, I don't watch TV because I don't, I don't have cable. But I did turn on YouTube and I watched a little bit of Fox News for about a half hour. It was all I could stand, just because you know, just the the wildly speculating crowd. And I'm like, okay. And and the guy, he's like, ooh, Trump just did a video. I haven't seen it yet, but let's oh, watch enough. it all together. And I'm like, just go over to Twitter and watch it, because you're no one if you're not on Twitter. <laughs>
1: And if you're not there already, then you, you missed, missed it. it.
2: That's right. Anyway. So, yeah. Did you find it? Yeah. You want to pull it up?
1: Well, let me see what I can do cause, about that. Because
2: they, they played this clip. And then they wildly speculated. And I'm like, people. Seriously. You know. Uh, and what really irked me. I'm just going to say this. One thing what really, really and irritated me. Was this one guy, he was a, he's a doctor. Well, the only th- Trump has two things going for him. Trump is old. Yes, he is. say Snooty, yes. Anybody old? Eh, sonny? <laughs> anyway, he's old and he's obese. I'm like, okay, first of all, everybody's, well, almost everybody's obese. By the stupid obesity guidelines, you know, Olympic athletes are obese. I'm, I'm like, I look at President Trump, and I don't. I don't go, oh my gosh, I have such a fat president. It's so irritating. But anyway, Bareface has it pulled up. So let's watch this riveting 18 second, you know, thing from our ailing president who's on death's door. Just kidding. He's really not. But anyway, go, go ahead. All right. Okay. Look at that. Wait, before you play it, okay. put it over there and let's analyze how he looks first. Okay. All right. Let's see. He looks tired. Yeah, he does.
1: Apparently, he he gets about four hours of sleep. He looks like he's a little pale, even
2: though he's probably got makeup. His hair is slightly out of spot. The lapel pin on his shirt, his jacket, a little bit crooked, but at least it's an American one. Nice blue tie. You know, he's standing slightly, you know, his neck is a little forward. Okay, all right, go ahead. I want to thank everybody for the tremendous support. I'm going to Walter Reed Hospital. I think I'm doing very well, but we're going to make sure that things work out. The First Lady is
0: doing very well. So uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I will never forget it. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for...
1: It loops on Twitter.
2: That's Okay. <clears throat> Oh, that was riveting. So what did all the news media outlets do? Well, he's at death's door. You know, we can't be sure. (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm mocking a little bit. It's just like, look, he's fine. Okay, and even if, okay, how do we know, first of all? I mean, how do we know he really has COVID-19 with all the crap testing out there? Some people say he does, some say he doesn't. Okay, I'm skeptical at best. But even if he does, he's not going to die. And, and, you know, he's going
1: to die eventually. Well, I I don't know. Maybe.
2: He is not going to die. We have, there's so many people praying for him. First of all, he's not going to die. Second Um. of all, the liberals out there who have Trump's derangement syndrome, and I have some friends who have that, it's like, you know what, oh, I wish he dies, you know, and all that. And I'm thinking, be careful what you wish for, because if he dies, Vice President Pence becomes our president. He's oh. a little bit more right-wing than Trump is. Oh. And if you think Pence is a wimp, you are so wrong, because oh. what I will tell you is that Pence has been in the government a lot longer, number one, than Trump oh. has, and number two, he's got a spine. And what I will tell you is that that Mike Pence... Um, you know, he has taken on the gay activist community in particular and Hmm. stood and not re not backed and recoiled and you know, none of that stuff. So anybody who thinks Pence is a wimp is an idiot because Pence is not a a wimp. Um, and so to all the liberals out there who are are Trump haters, just be really careful what you wish for. It could be way worse than what you expect (laughs) if Trump dies. I mean, he's not gonna die though. So, you know, I just think it's funny that, um, oh, breaking news, this is unprecedented, this is that. This, it's like, you know what, let's uh, make America great again here, right? There we go. And of course, we're praying for Trump. Any sane person would pray for Mr. and Mrs. Trump and President and First Lady Trump. Now, here's something I take, I take issue with, and I know this is edgy, and I'm going to say it. I tweeted it. I'm going to say it out loud. And that is the BS coming from Biden and Obama, you know, and and some of the the Hollywood left liberals. Oh, we're praying for Trump and, you know, and all this and and God bless you and all that. I'm thinking, really? First of all, I will say this. And if you don't like it, then, oh, well, (laughs) you don't have to watch me. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. I would not want prayers from them. I don't know who, what God they prayed to, but it's not the God of the scripture. So when a liberal tells me that they're praying for me, I, you know, I'm like, no, thank you. I don't know who you're praying to, but it's not the Jesus of scripture. If you can, you know, support abortion and homosexuality and, you don't know, submit to the Lordship of Jesus and you make your little God in your own image, I don't want you praying for me. I only want biblical Bible believers praying for me. Just saying. Uh, so this BS that they give a crap it's just that you guys it's it's like political um posturing and just, what is it going to get you what is it going to get them right i know i'm being such an intolerant christian broadcaster i a i'm a hater yeah i am actually i am a hater i'm a hater of sin i'm a hater of liars i'm a hater of people who are hypocrites yeah i hate that stuff i abhor it in fact god hates it have you read the book? look at the book. The book lists all these things that God hates. And these people on the left are idiots. And they are haters. And they're stupid. Just saying. And all you mask wearers out there who are like, well, he said to wear a mask. You know what? He didn't have to wear a mask. You can get this stupid thing. Randall and I have a friend uh, in California. He, A real godly man, actually. This guy wore a mask constantly and and obsessed about washing his hands and all that and he got it yep. so anyway did you want to say something
1: no just just that yeah it's just... <laughs>
2: it's just yeah i just
1: i mean is it true that if you live in a you know plastic bubble <sighs> you're probably safe yeah but you know you gotta you gotta weigh the the costs you know the the, you know the odds of you contracting the virus and contracting it and being you know and having a rough time with it, which most people do not uh versus having a life and and I think it's you know each up to each person you know what level of risk you know risk versus reward they're willing to take you know how's that way in your investing you know your risk what you want or you know, whatever you're comfortable with. And I think, um, and the same is, you know, true of any sort of illness. I mean, when there was an Ebola outbreak, I mean, the media tried to a little bit play it up, but you know, most people weren't buying it for whatever reason, even though there was, I think one death, um, stateside but i think they contracted somewhere else but then there were others that and anyway i mean to me that was a time to really you know contemplate whether to stay indoors kind of thing but you're reading something obviously but well i am yeah. because
2: somebody said i wonder what herman Cain would think well just so you know hey why don't you go look at the facts herman Cain had cancer okay he died of cancer He got COVID, but he had cancer. So that falls in kind of the high risk category. You know, I mean, seriously, get a, you know, I know, I know the haters, you know, it's okay. We, we love our haters, but you know, Tommy says, Tommy says we take calculated risks every day. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? I know when I was the most sick, it was in Utah last year, almost a year ago. It was almost a year ago, Mm. literally that I was sick and it was food poisoning and I've never been so sick in my life. Bareface has known me 30 years oh. and never saw me so sick. You know, I mean, I took a calculated risk eating chicken at, at Dave and Buster's <laughs> in Utah and, oh. um, or, or whatever it was. And I was sick, very, very, very sick. I lost 15 mm. pounds in like a day and vomited seven big, huge times and not just vomiting, <laughs> I'm mean, talking everything else. Uh, it's amazing I even got home. Uh, you know, I mean many years
1: ago I had an intestinal infection. Jeez. With a fever of one oh six. And um anyway, I don't no idea where I got it. And I wasn't I wasn't eating mud pies or, you know, drinking water out of a mud puddle or, you know, in the wilderness or anything. I just living my everyday life and and it sounds like I'm making a case for, you know, living in a spacesuit and not going anywhere. But I'm just saying that, uh, you know, what precautions could I have taken that time and, you know, where I got it? I don't I had chicken pox <laughs> when I was.
2: Before we were married.
1: Yeah, I got it when I was 27 years old. Yep, I saw No that. idea. No idea where I got it at. Well, come on. I've got a dog that wants up here.
2: A very needy dog. Back to you. Back to me. So anyway, so what does all this mean? Well, here's what I think, okay? I think that, you know, they put President Trump in the hospital to watch him, to protect him, so that the media had something better to do and continued to wildly speculate about stuff. Um, he'll be fine. I mean, uh, he wouldn't be president if he was, you know, if he, if he wasn't a good help. I mean, the fact is, he's our oldest president and um and yes the vp debates are gonna go on you know and of course they're gonna be watching you know pence and and seeing if he's gonna get it and you know what so what if he does right if everybody in the white house all the staffers get it, who cares right i know that sounds awful but who cares if if you get this it doesn't kill 99 percent of the people who get it um and this whole covid thing is a big con That's what it is. I put it this morning. This is my opinion. It's a con. This is the only thing I have ever seen in the history of my my short life where our constitutional rights are being violated on so many levels. And I will tell you, I am taking it real personally at this point. Aside from the fact that worship has been interrupted and all this other stuff, I have a 92-year-old dad that I've been robbed of almost seeing almost this whole year, right? And yeah, I got to tell you guys the latest on this. You're going to love this. Okay. So they're, they're telling me now, if I want to go in and be an essential caregiver with my dad, that I have to get tested for COVID. And I'm like a hundred million percent opposed to that. It's like, there should be no reason why I should be tested. And if I do get tested, the requirement is it has to be negative, which duh, of course. But let's say I get tested, it's negative, I go in, they want me to wear a mask and still stay six feet away from my dad. (laughs) And I'm like, what the heck is the point? If you know I'm negative, then why do I have to have a mask? If my dad is negative and I'm negative and there's nobody else around, why should I have to be, you know, put, put on a mask and stay far apart? Okay, here's the irony, right? So a couple of days ago, I got a phone call from one of the directors, uh, the 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 rec director, and she's sweet. I like her. She's just doing her job. She calls me up. She goes, "You know what? Um, your dad wants to vote, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, my dad always votes, Trump," and uh, and they're like, "Hey, um, we we want caregivers to come and help." your loved ones vote. Do you want to come and do that? And I'm like, of course I do. What do I gotta do? And she said, I I just got to confirm your dad's registered. Can I have his name and social and all that? So I gave that to her and you know, they verified that he's registered. And so I get this call today and they're like, you can come on Tuesday morning between this time and this time and you can help your dad vote. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, okay, well explain to me exactly how this is done. And she's like, "Well, you'll wear a mask, and your dad will wear a mask, and then you'll go with him to the voting booth, and you'll help him vote." And I'm like,
1: "But if you want to visit, you need to test negative for COVID. If you just want to come help, help him vote, no test necessary."
2: <laughs> right, and, and it's going to be outdoors. They're they're going to hold. They're going to have the oh, voting because
1: it's outdoors. It's, 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 because the virus isn't
2: it won't go through glass doors you know it, it won't it, it won't, won't sneak w- in when the doors open all right. these times during the day right
1: it's it's it can't travel in open air
2: is that stupid I mean, or it, what
1: It can't travel in outdoor air it can only travel in indoor air so I'm like knowing... and never that's you know that's why all the riots were good to go and people because <laughs> they were outdoors all of them
2: right so I'm just like going first of all I'm gonna make sure my dad votes for Trump number one. And second of all, I'm definitely going to be there because (laughs) it's like, it's like one of the only times I can see my dad without having to get tested, which is so dumb. You know, it's just this whole thing. It's a con. Our economy was booming before this stuff happened and it's coming back. Hey, look, I'm a DoorDash driver. I'm going to tell you something. I could not have a side gig with DoorDash delivering food to people if the economy was not booming. Okay, because people have money to go buy food that to have it delivered, right? It costs more money to get food delivered to you, just so you know, except for the few out there who don't like the tip. But in order to get, you know, your food delivered by Grubhub or DoorDash or any of these other places, you know, there's people who are working and they're not like mooching off of government or going on unemployment for no reason at all. I mean, we're struggling. I'm not going to lie about that. But my point is... Is that there are a lot of jobs out there, and anybody who wants to work can work. I don't care if you're disabled or not; you can still work. Uh, there are Amazon jobs you can get. There are stay-at-home work jobs you can get. You can work with Legal Shield and do everything from home. That's what I do. I mean, you you can do so much, and the economy is booming. So it's it's like so they try to destroy the economy. They're undermining the church. They're destroying the youth by isolating them and completely messing with education. Completely. You know, Let's don't even get me started on the church and what they've done to the church. You know, anybody who thinks that this is not a con, I don't know what's wrong with you. Except to say that you're not looking with both eyes or something. Because this is a complete con. There's, there, if this was a real issue, a real serious issue... Well, wait, what about all those people in New York that were died in the nursing home? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, why don't you look at where that happened, who was running those facilities, and who came in and did it? It's not a Republican. Oh, but what about Black Lives Matters and all the racism in our country and the social justice of the world and all the fires in California and blah, blah, blah. It's, it it has <clears throat> nothing to do with trump president trump didn't set the fires in california in fact arsonists did many of them and of course as some as he said during the the debate actually i think that was one of the most underreported things he said in the debate when he talked about how the forest uh the forestry departments and stuff haven't done their job, so when well, you get it's you get...
1: environmentalism. No, right. oh, don't be you know cutting down trees or anything like that. And you you can go back and you can read the mainstream media, Reuters, AP from from 2012, 2013, uh, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> They've all been saying for years that California's forests are right. like a tinderbox waiting to go off because uh these kind of restrictions, this environmental restrictions and stuff like that, uh, the forests haven't managed. I mean, they've been cutting down fewer trees, um, you know, and they block, you know, and they uh, uh, cut off access to the forest and stuff like that. Whereas there used to be a regular going in and cleaning out, you know, trees don't live forever, they die and they fall. Right. And so that stuff needs to be cleaned out. Um, and one way to do these sometimes do controlled burns, you know, burn right. some stuff off and they weren't, well, we can't do that. Cause that's, that's, that's just, uh, just carbon dioxide, you know, and pollution disaster. We're not going to be doing those anymore. And so for years and years and years, they're not cleaning out the dead wood, not doing the controlled burns in the and-
2: Democrat run state. Of California, yeah,
1: but you know
2: I, the Democrats.
1: A simple search, you can you can like but it's I say, the you,
2: Democrats that run California.
1: Whatever you can say, it's
2: not the Republicans; it's the Democrats, and yeah. the Democrats are destroying California.
1: But you can you can you they can are. you can find article after article that's been warning for years, right, that California's forests but are it's the
2: Democrats, right? That
1: did it, and then but it didn't take a lightning strike or something like that. Arsonists went and, and they set fires. And were probably fires.
2: Democrats or uh, part of Black Lives Matters that did it.
1: Or just part of the New World Order hired to Something. create a crisis. And...
2: Yeah, but the point is, is, it's not Republicans or Trump supporters doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, all the bad things in the world are because of the Democrats. I just wouldn't saying. say that. I would say most, most bad things in the world are because of Democrats. And, you know... People who believe in Marxism, socialist stuff.
1: You've never held a position in Washington D.C. I'm pretty sure um, it is both sides. I tell of the, you what,
2: if I did, I wouldn't be a compromiser like a lot of those people. Yeah,
1: the the, the career politicians in D.C. <laughs> you know, both sides of the aisle. I, you, know, yeah. it, you know, I don't care what. I'll bring this up just because I can. Go ahead. You know, I'm not going to talk about the debates because that was just. That was disappointing and disgraceful. But anytime one of these career politicians, especially someone on Capitol Hill, you know, um uh in the House or the Senate, talk about those rich people and those, you know, and those wealthy people and those millionaires and you know, the tax cuts that benefit <laughs> like fair. We're just common folks for the people. Simple research would show you they've got four or five houses, that they've got paid staff, personal chef. These people are millionaires, and talk about oh those rich people and and their tax cuts and oh I'm for you, I'm for you, working class American,
2: like the Vatican of, and the Pope.
1: Yeah, of, of all, all of the stuff. of all the disingenuous hypocrisy and BS. That's the thing. One of the things that offends me most coming from Washington DC when they talk about those rich people and their tax cuts and <laughs> excuse me You know if you serve I think uh, you can go look this up on the um on uh what's the what's the government website that has the 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 um general the publication site Tommy
2: Tommy said that's why they hated DJT. They they spoiled their little party.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, if you serve five years in the house, right, well, you can retire then and get an eighty-four thousand dollar a year pension because you were a public servant for five years.
2: Wow, I should go into politics. <laughs> but they would have so much on me, though. They'd call me a hater. They yeah. get you know why me. you know they would why say I'm fat. They would tell me my hair is bad and I need to, like, have, you know. Tell, tell me, these things... you know,
1: explain to me why these already rich people spend millions and millions of dollars on an election campaign to get a job that pays five figures. You know, I there, know. There's, more, more, there's more in it than just, just that salary and the good of serving the American people. I will say Phyllis made a, a good
2: point over on Facebook. Yeah. Phyllis said, when it's your time, it's your time. doesn't make any difference what you're doing or where you're at or how you are caring for yourself or how much you wear a mask or isolate yourself. Common sense prevails, but the flower is not growing in most people's garden. Phyllis, I heard this story about a woman. Or was it a man? It was was somebody. It was somebody. They were terrified of dying. They were terrified of going around. They wouldn't fly in an airplane. They would never leave their house because they were super scared that whatever, if they did, they were going to die. And you know what? You know where they died? They ended up dying in their house. You know what happened? An airplane crashed into their house and killed them. True story. So what you just said, so what you just said actually is is true. Now let's let's turn the page. Let's flip the channel. Let's talk about Amy. You know, the justice that's going to replace the liberal baby-killing Ruth Bader Ginsburg that just died. Okay? So, Amy, they are now attacking because of the horror of it all, because they're digging into her past, and they found that she is a charismatic Catholic. (gasps) I know, heartbeat still. And, and they're attacking her because apparently this group she was a part of apparently, you know, believes that a wife should submit to her husband. I know. I have a newsflash. First of all, she's not oppressed by any stretch of the imagination if her husband, who's also an attorney, isn't jealous or upset or anything that she's going to be on the Supreme Court and he isn't. Number two, the woman is a mother. I don't care what anybody thinks about women in general, but if you're a mother, you're a badass. Just saying. (laughs) It takes something to push a baby out of your body, and then raise that thing, you know, until it it's grown up, until he or she is grown up. You know, I think all moms are badasses, and you know, especially the good ones. The bad ones, you know, you need improvement. But women are life givers, not life killers. And so, Amy is going to support. Women who give life, not like Ruth, who advocated the death of millions of babies before they were born. They ne- they never got their last wishes. By the way, somebody posted a graphic of her, and and uh, I shared it on my Facebook. That 50 million babies didn't get their last wish, which was a dig at Ruth's last wish that she didn't want the seat filled before the election. She wants the next president to fill a seat. Well, guess what, people? Here's the news flash she ain't going to get her last wish, just like those 50 million babies that she advocated their deaths for didn't get their last wish either. In fact, if everything that we can look at as far as fruit in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's life is evidence of who she really was, she's probably wishing that she's in heaven at this point. Just saying. Third, with Amy, she's a mom, a brilliant legal mind, uh... And this is what they have to pick on. She has people on the right and the left supporting her, but they're picking on her religion. Right? (laughs) And yet, I think somewhere in one of those founding documents, there's something about there should be, like, no religious test for office or something like that. So I find it interesting that the youngest woman to Will sit on the Supreme Court, which will be her, is being picked on because she is a mother, because she actually has a solid marriage to her husband, which a lot of liberals are upset about because they can't have a good, solid, healthy marriage because they're too busy getting divorces and and sleeping around and, you know, the stereotypical liberal garbage that they do. I'm not saying all liberals, but I'm saying a lot. If you were to poll the liberals versus the conservatives or the non-Christians versus the Christians, first of all, Christians have a lower divorce rate. And it's not this 50% 50 crap that's been going around for years. Oh, Christians have a 50%, you know, divorce rate. That's a load of crap, okay? In fact, that research was done by George Barna, who did crappy research. (laughs) And it has been debunked. You know the actual research? If you actually go and look at... People who identify as Bible believing Christians, the actual research shows that only about 4 to 9% of Christians with a biblical worldview get a divorce. Yes. And I could say that because I'm a marriage and family therapist. I do my research, and that's the fact. So, first of all, stop quoting the quote that 50% of Christians get a divorce. That's just a flat out lie. But liberals, they get way higher divorces than biblical Christians do first of all, and second of all, drug incidences, alcoholism, adultery, pornography, and the list goes on is way higher in those populations than it is on the conservatives so you know these 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 haters of of God frankly you know want to go after this young woman who's brilliant, more brilliant than they'll ever be. And just pick on her because of her religion. And you know what? They are not going to win. Just so you know. Yeah. I just told you, didn't I? Yeah, I did. All right. So. (laughs) And one other thing I will tell you. I happen to be a woman who's been married 28 years. Okay. To that handsome, hunky guy across the table from me, even though he looks like he's on this side of me. Or over here, I mean. When he's up there. When he's there. There he is right there. That guy has put up with me for 30 years. You know, we dated two years and then got married. And yes, we actually didn't sleep together before we were married. (gasps) I know the horror of it all. We didn't even live together before we were married. In fact, he lived in his apartment and I rented our apartment before we got married. And then I slept in our apartment until we were actually married. And then when after we were married... On August fifteenth, 1992, that was the first night I slept with Bareface, and that was at a hotel. <laughs> By the way, it was a nice hotel, too. We had a whole bunch of gifts given to us. It was such a great night. But, but anyway, so, you know, so what do you think about that? Do you guys mm-hmm. have any questions do you, besides you know, insults over there? I mean, I have some people.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just... Over here and on on Google, you know, you can search by date range. Yeah. And you search on California mismanaged forests prior to the Trump administration.
2: Going back to the environmentalist topic.
1: Yeah. Um, there's an article on berkeley.eu. You know, Berkeley, that really, you know, conservative, conservative school. school <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, there's an article. Feel the burn. To avoid your wildfires, California needs to up its forestry game. There is a, actually it's in 2018. There is a there is an article on a California government website, IHC. What is that? That's the, I don't know what.
2: By the way, while you're figuring that out, say hi anyway, to Tracy, Gene, right. and Susan over on YouTube. Or whoever else.
1: But anyway, it talks it's about this, this commission report that says... Um, well, let me just read this paragraph. This okay. is on California government website from February 2018. During its review, the commission found that California's forests suffer from neglect and mismanagement, resulting in overcrowding that leaves them susceptible to disease, insects, and wildfire. The commission found... Uh, commitment to long-lasting forest management changes at the highest level of government, but that support for these changes needs to spread down, not just through the state's massive bureaucracy and law and policy-making apparatuses, but among the general public as well. And anyway, but then if um, if you search, you know, from 2016 on the articles from the mainstream media anyway it's all about oh trump trump is wrong about california's wildfires are due to mismanagement you know he's, he's you know fact wrong. check because <laughs> he was saying this back when he first took office right. in 2016 that there were f- there's fires every year and he was saying the problem in California with California wildfires is that it's mismanagement. Oh, he's, he's full of it. Basically all the main, Oh, fact check, blah, blah, blah. He says it, this and that. But before 2016, you see the article saying exactly the opposite. The, the California against forestry management, you know, under control. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, politics at its finest and usual
2: did you hear about over on the christian post website there was a college football coach who was ousted for posting an all lives matter to jesus sign did you hear about that no i'll read this
1: of the insensitivity yeah that's that's tantamount to saying that people should die
2: a former illinois state university football coach said his sudden departure from the program last week came after some players were offended by a sign he posted on his office door that read, All Lives Matter to Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Kurt Beathard, the son of former National Football League quarterback and general manager Bobby Beathard, How many of you think that he probably got picked on with that name? Just saying. Anyway, was in his third season as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach for the Redbirds when it was announced last Wednesday that he no longer had part of the program. Beat hard, who was in his second stint with the school after taking time off during his wife's battle with cancer, told the Pantograph Daily newspaper that his sudden departure from the program came after he posted a sign on his office door, while three sources close to the football team told the newspaper that a Black Lives Matter poster was taken down from the football locker room. Beat hard said he had nothing to do with removing anything from the locker room, but took down a similar sign posted on his office door. That locker room, crap is wrong, Beathard hard said. I took the sign down. Somebody put on my door. That's it. I didn't take anything off that wasn't put on my door. I wrote the message. By the way, I'm just going to stop here just for a minute and tell you something before I finish reading this. I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, when Randall and I went to the Glisten Conference, the Gay Lesbian and Straight Education Network, the Gay Activist Run Conference that was designed to indoctrinate kids into the gay lifestyle in their schools. One of the things I learned at that that meeting was one of their tactics. And what they talked about was, you know how they have the big white paper, you know, the poster paper, the kids they post signs and they write their class and cheer things and all that on there. Glisten teaches their activist gay students to put, you just committed a hate crime and other Things like speak to power and all that stuff behind the signs when they put them up. So that when some of this propaganda gets ripped down and they see the threats, that those threats are posted there. So I have no doubt in my mind that some students, activists, did exactly what this guy talked about because that's their tactics. That's how these people work. Um, Of course, most people don't know that unless you're actually... Go in there and you, you learn what they do. But anyway. Beat Hard's departure comes after some student athletes called for a boycott earlier this month after athletic director Larry Loins, Lyons told athletes on a Zoom call that all red bird lives matters. A a paraphrase of the saying, all lives matter. Many left-leaning activists have decried that message and accused those who use it of trying to delegitimize the fight against racial injustice and police brutality in the the United States. An athletics march for black voices was held on September 4th. Uh, Lions has since apologized for saying all red bird lives matter. You know what? I can tell you something. Legal Shield, which I sell, the president of Legal Shield, Jeff Bell, is a flaming liberal, okay? He pretends he's a conservative, but he's not. Last night, we had an opening thing um on uh for our convention, our leadership convention, and all he talked about was social justice. Here's a news flash. Okay, first of all, I shut it off. I refused to watch it. And I had a couple of my friends in Legal Shield message me today and they sent me everything. And I'm like you knew I was going to talk about this, right? Legal Shield, the product is great. The activism of this president sucks. And some of the leaders in Legal Shield, like Darnell Self, who's a black guy, and his promotion of All Black Lives Matters cost him a little bit of money. Let's just put it that way. What I will say is that the mission of Legal Shield is great. The promotion and the lie about social justice in our country is straight from the pit of hell. If Black Lives were, we're such, are so oppressed in this country, then somebody please tell me why people from all over these African countries and all over the world who are black and have other skin tones and nationalities come here, right? Explain to me why all the black people that gripe and complain, and that's not the word I want to use, about all this injustice, explain to me why they haven't left and gone somewhere else, okay? If America is so horrible to black people, if you're black, get the hell out and go someplace else. Seriously, get out of here. Go some. Go to Africa. Go to China. Go to North Korea. Go to Russia. Go someplace else. Just get your little black butt out of out of America. If we're so awful, okay? This this is such like a load of crap that social justice and we need this and we need that. We've had a black president. We've had a black first lady. Uh, we have a black guy named Dr. Ben Carson currently in the White House administration along with other black people. I know black people in Christian media. It's bullshit, okay? And and I, for one, am so damn fed up with it. And I, yeah, you can call me white. Whatever. You got white privilege. Yeah, you don't know a damn thing about mm-hmm. me, first of all. But here's what I do know. I'm not That's stupid. how you really feel. Well, yeah. <laughs> well... You know what? Bring it on, social justice We can't hear heads. you
1: very well. I will good.
2: say, bring it on because, you know, it's bullshit. First of all, you know where social justice originates in scripture? From Satan, Judas, in fact, in the Gospels. And I'll tell you exactly where it is because uh, the woman who anointed the Lord with very costly perfume, it was a year's wage. She went and anointed Jesus before his burial because she knew it was Mary Magdalene because she knew that Jesus was going to die for us, right? So she's surrounded by the disciples who are griping and complaining. And one of the gospels says specifically that it was Judas and he was the one saying, hey, you know, you could have given this money to the poor, right? Well, Jesus spoke up and said, hey, you know what? What she has done, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world will be done in remembrance of me, you will always have the poor with you. That is the foundation for social justice because Judas was advocating for the poor and not the worship of Jesus Christ. And if you look at liberals who are Christians, that's exactly what they do. They don't advocate for Christ and worshiping him as Lord. They advocate for all these social things that really, if, if the people were actually obeying God and they are living their life according to scripture and doing what Jesus told them to in the first place by putting them first, we wouldn't need all this other stuff out there. And you know, what's really subtle about this. And I've looked at this. What's extremely subtle is that it came in, you know, yeah, it comes in with the civil rights. It comes in with all this stuff, but it also came in with the issue of sex trafficking, right for some reason the so called christian left things seems to think that you know the sex trafficking is is the gospel rescuing those who are in bondage sexually is the gospel it's not we're supposed to be doing good works regardless but to build a whole theology on it and not put christ first it's it's the, it's the same with people right i mean and, and all these guys advocate, too. I will tell you, they all advocate for the homosexual thing. Oh, well, you're not loving. You got to love everybody. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? You need to read the God's word because God's word is very clear on the order of how we do stuff. And if most Christians actually did commandment one, the world would be changed. But nobody does commandment one. Very well. Anyway, there might be two or three people that do. But the social justice movement, the root is the pit of hell. That's where that's coming from. And so, you know, I'm I'm praying for very specific things because I'm getting sick of it. This guy puts all lives matters and loses his job. Do you guys know how evil that is? I mean, think about that. What? Because we were, um, because we said everybody's life matters. We can't have you because you're so inclusive. Yeah, I you didn't to... exclude anybody. Yeah, but Black Lives Matters excludes <laughs> um, everybody except um, Black Lives. I mean, give me a break, people. It is
1: hypocritical. It it's to it's to say so that. stupid. Yeah, to say, well, you're being exclusive by being too inclusive. <laughs> It's, it's, you didn't mention a particular race when you said all lives matter so that you were insinuating that those lives don't matter. When you say all lives do matter, when you say all lives matter, that's tantamount to saying that these lives don't matter. Guilty. What? But, you know, he threw the Jesus in there. All lives matter to Jesus. So that, that, man. If you To get totally exclusive inclusion inclusive exclusion you know first you're saying all lives, which you know which is being which is being exclusive because you're not mentioning
2: did did Uh, jesus uh, die (laughs) for just black people no
1: well if you say if you say all lives matter you're you're really (laughs) singling out a race by not mentioning it and then uh, to say that all lives matter to jesus well then you're excluding you know all other religions so this is the most exclusive inclusive statement ever put on paper and he should get the death penalty.
2: No, I just think, you know what? Look. <laughs> first of all, I was I was raised in California. Okay?
0: Me too. So so
2: why why does that matter? I'll tell you why it matters. Why does that matter? Because prejudice is taught. Yeah. Prejudice is taught and it's caught by those who teach it. I have friends of every color, nationality, I mean, et cetera. You know, and and when a child is introduced to another ethnicity, have you ever seen Sesame Street or the New Zoo Review or, you know, they have like PBS and, and you see the children of all these different colors, Mr. Rogers, have you ever, I mean, children are drawn to children because they love one another they're they're kids they like to play it's only when a wicked adult introduces that discrimination to a child that that hate begins to take root you are taught that you are not born that way you know and 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 our media is people are so like mesmerized by the media and so like they believe everything the media has said well not a lot of my friends don't, but, but it's like how people have been so conditioned over this last six months blows me away. I'm like, how, how did a sane thinking, normal, rational person go from thinking that, you know, life is good, everything's great, blah, 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 blah to, oh my gosh, now we got to wear a mask, now we got to wash our hands every day, like 5,000 times a day, now we have to do this, and and you're evil if you don't wear a mask, you're, you're this, I mean, it's like, I mean, here, where I live in Hicktown, USA, I was in Walmart, and I walked down the aisle with the arrow going the opposite direction, I had some woman yell at me, Cause I walked the wrong way and I looked at her and I just laughed at her and I'm like, I, I said, look, it's just you and me in this aisle. You can go this way if you'd like, but I need to go that way. And I'm not going to pay attention to the directions on the floor because it's stupid. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, like, it's, it's like, are you that compliant? That's what this is about. This is, this is teaching you to get used to being told what to do by your government and state that's completely unconstitutional, unreasonable, and is preparing you for the mark of the beast. That's what J.D. Farag said, and I believe him. You know, it, the mask is, is just all—first of all, it's been totally disproven everything. But how easy— I mean, the Bible talks about how there will be a time when you can't buy or sell without the mark. Are there any parallels here? I mean, do you do you see this? Do you see there's some parallels here? You know, you can't go into certain stores without a mask or you have to wear a mask. You know what my choice was? I was like, okay, Walmart, you want me to wear a mask? Guess what, Walmart? I ain't going into your stupid store. I'm going somewhere else where I don't have to wear a mask. It's that simple. I'm not going to give you my money. Because I don't want to wear a mask because I'm not sick. You know, I mean, seriously, it just it's like whatever happened to common sense. And that's why people get mad at President Trump, because he's clear thinking. He is somebody who is like he says it the way it is, you know, and I think during the debate, which I know everybody was like. Oh my gosh! That was the mo- that was the it was a disgrace to America. You know what? I don't think so. I actually enjoyed the debate. I'll tell you why, because it showed what a knucklehead Biden was. First of all, Biden, all he did was attack Trump. He didn't talk about anything that he is for. All he did was attack Trump, and Trump, yeah, he he interrupted him. But I'll tell you why, you know, he interrupted him. It's because the liberal media. Never give him a platform to say anything and they constantly twist everything that he said. So I believe he used it as an opportunity to get his message out. And I also believe that he kicked Biden's butt from here to China, you know, because he mentioned China a lot, over and over and over again. What the heck has Biden done in 46 years or whatever it is he's been in public service? Nothing. The man was vice president for eight years. What did he do? Nothing. You know? And and he's a flat he calls Antifa an idea. I'm like, okay, I mean I was literally I was texting a friend of mine during the whole thing. And I almost if I was drinking water, I would have spit it out when I saw <laughs> I started laughing so hard. I literally laughed out loud at Joe at Joe Biden at some of the stuff that came out of his mouth. I'm like what Where did that come from? Meanwhile, President Trump is, is basically telling Joe, hey, nobody's showing up to your rallies, you know, and they get into the whole mask thing. And now they're trying to use this like, well, see, you should have wore a mask, Trump. Otherwise, you wouldn't have get COVID. Frankly, I, you know what? How do we really know that he even has it? I mean, how do we know any of these tests are valid? That's what my issue is. It's like, if we could prove that these tests are valid, that'd be one thing. But here in Tennessee, there was something like 13,000 tests that came back as invalid. They, 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 they skyrocketed the, the, um, the numbers, you know, and all this other stuff. And I'm like, that's completely crazy. And meanwhile, homeschooling mothers everywhere are going crazy. People who aren't used to having their children home are going nuts, you know, and, and they're creating all this conflict with people who should be mature enough to go, wait just a second. You know, this is, we're being played for fools. There are puppet masters behind the scenes, people, just so you know. I'm getting a text message from, from a friend who I think is watching the show. So I'm going to read what Paul has to say here. Well, barefaced comments. Let's see here.
1: What am I going to comment on?
2: On anything I just said.
1: Well, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm sure the hate mail is going to come rolling in. If uh, not. but We don't
2: have that many people that care enough about us to write.
1: Yeah, but um,
2: uh, Paul's just know, Paul is in Colorado. He just says that he agrees with my perspectives a hundred percent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Somebody has to. You
1: know, I've <laughs> this may come as a surprise, but I've I've never been black, so I don't know what it's like to walk in those shoes, but I know that there are some areas yes. like, like in in the deep south, some places, you know, like you say there's that racism that's been taught taught and caught and But it doesn't and,
2: rise to the level of what we're doing here. Black well, lives matters is a Marxist communist oh, movement. Yeah. Started by lesbians who are into witchcraft.
1: Yeah, yeah. True it's, story. Yeah, it's, I'm
2: not. I'm not kidding you. That's that's yeah, they, the origin.
1: Yeah. The 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 race. The racial issue is a cover. Is a cover for their true agenda. Their true agenda, as used to be up on their about us, was about uh, you know dismantling the the. Um, Whatever the heteronormative, you know, yeah. social structure and the the nuclear family and and uh rising, you know, transgender and queer people, the leadership and
2: Carolina agrees with us too.
1: Yeah, all that. And Two then, people, and then you know they just slap the label over it, Black Lives Matter, you know, to give it some other significance. And um
2: can I say one thing?
1: <laughs> you can say more than one thing. Just
2: before I forget, because I'm at that age. Oh. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever received blood?
1: Received blood? Yeah. Like 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 a blood blood. transfusion? Yeah. Not me.
2: How many of you have donated blood? Plenty. Okay. All right. So I'm O positive, which means I'm a universal blood donor. Okay. So let me ask you something. Do you think if somebody was dying who's black and a liberal and they found out that I donated my O-positive blood to them so that they could live. Do you think that they would give a crap that I'm a conservative Christian?
1: I mean, they wouldn't know, but...
2: No, they wouldn't know. Right. Right. So, if important matters like that don't matter in Life and Death Matters, right. why uh, Why does all this crap matter? People don't because... think at that level. It's like... Right,
1: and, and there are... the Antifa is more than just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> The evidence is the evidence that. is in that there's paid operatives that go in and stir up this stuff. It used to be more it used to be more on the you know high profile thing. It used to be the Jesse Jacksons and the you know people uh, would go in and stir up strife where there was none. Um, you know, and made a career out of it, but now,
2: well, he's old and withering now. Yeah,
1: but now, now they hire these young kids to to go in and stir stuff up, and uh, the ones if you look at these videos, you know, these riots, people smashing the windows. It's usually some young white person in a black hoodie carrying a hammer to this thing and going out and breaking out windows, and um, and there's been. There's been just lots of uh, just uh, times that people have gotten busted into these things. You know, from out of state, you know, come into these things and stir up trouble. And it's, and it goes, I know it doesn't sound like I'm finishing my thought, but it's all, I'm, it's all, you can, you can. I'm back, used
2: to how you talk, so go, go, I wasn't go, thinking anything. <laughs>
1: Go read about how the Nazis came to power. Go read about how the how the Soviets came to power in Russia. You know how they how the paid operatives went out and started these riots, and you know it was this grassroots sort of thing. And they created this crisis that needed a that needed a resolution, and the you know bright strong people stepped in, and and you know they created the crisis and they came in to solve it. Uh, and <laughs> it's crazy that people want to say Nazis were right wing, and they, <laughs> they employed all right. the.
2: Go, go read Scott Lively's book, The yeah, they, they employed It's free; all you can the, download it on his website. They
1: employed employed all the the anarchist left wing tactics to come to power, uh, as as the Soviets did in Russia, and. And it's nothing new. And when you say the COVID con, COVID is a real thing. It was just, but it was an opportunity. It was an opportunity for operatives to try to create, a, create
2: <laughs> I, I have to laugh cause I just hit the drudge report. Yeah. So now they show President Trump with a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You talk about... <sighs> anyway...
1: Just... anyway there there are always those who are looking to seize absolute power are going to either create a crisis or exploit a problem to turn it into a crisis and you know, to turn it into cataclysmic levels uh so that they can uh they can unseat the power that is so that they can come in as the you know, as the savior of the situation, nothing new under the sun.
2: Well, yeah, which which leads me to the other red lighted, you know, story over on the Drudge Report about Melania's Mil- private war on Christmas. Who gives an f about that? Okay, so first of all, I have to. I didn't listen to this, so I'm not. I decided not to listen to that, but just the headline. Okay, the first lady swears like a sailor. I'm I'm thinking, huh? Hmm. Was there any other First Lady that ever did that? (laughs) Secretary of State, maybe? Who always said stuff about our soldiers, like, what does it matter anyway? And tons of people were dead, including Vince Foster, as a result. I'm not saying that it's right, but I think it's funny that if Melania is, like, this horrible, rotten person, and this is a true story, then I'm thinking wouldn't the liberal media be like, oh my gosh, she's like liberal Hillary Clinton who, you know, threatened people and killed people and had her people hit people and who lost to President Trump four years ago. (laughs) Who had to give a, eat crow. That was the best speech she ever gave in my life. (laughs) When Hillary, when Hillary had to give her speech saying that, She lost to Trump. We should we should all go find that and watch it. Why do Republicans always defend Trump by saying, yeah, well, they did it first. Well, Shane Glue, I don't know if that's your real name, but Republicans, I don't know what Republicans you're talking about. I'm making a comment about this current story and just tying it back to the same thing, because it's what i'm pointing out in case you're not smart enough to understand what i'm pointing out is hypocrisy that's what i'm pointing out it's like it's good for the democrats to be this way and they they applaud it but if a if a republican is truly that way they're like oh, the horror of it all i can't believe and to me i'm just basically mocking it in case you didn't figure that it's it's you know it's just
1: it's not defending anyone <laughs> i'm
2: not defending i'm mocking it, it. it's
1: charging it's... hypocrisy where hypocrisy
2: right. is
1: yeah he is calling it for what it is
2: so the bottom line with this show tonight is that number one we don't need to worry about president trump he's gonna be the fine. sorry
0: for
1: Uh, some ad on YouTube, sorry. I thought I muted that.
2: Yeah, so we don't have to worry about the president because I believe he's going to be fine, okay? I mean, there's so many people praying for him. I think God's just, first of all, I don't think he's going to be really that sick anyway. They put him at Walter Reed as a precautionary. He's not in bed. He's not on a ventilator. He's in his little presidential office over at Walter Reed. Um, You know, in fact, uh, Pastor Bill... Pastor, Pastor Jack Hibbs, I don't know who Pastor Bill is, but there is a Pastor Bill who needs to hear this right now. Jack Hibbs actually said, um, you know, wouldn't it be neat if all of us people all over in different time zones just lifted up the president in prayer? Yeah. And you know what I think, Tommy? I think, wouldn't it be neat if not only we were all praying for him, but wouldn't it be super great if all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fell on President Trump He started getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. (laughs) And then decided to become even more bold about Jesus as a result. And after every word that he come out, he would say in Jesus name. (laughs) I think that would be awesome. And you know what? Don't put it beyond God to, to be able to do something like that. I think it would be great. So in fact, um, you know so so i'm not i'm not worried about the president i'm worried about the anarchist, marxist socialist democratic foolish people out there who are so mad that they just wish him dead and you know and all that i guarantee you okay we're in october i challenge you in fact i'm going to put this out here as a challenge those of you who drive around your neighborhoods okay i want you to send me pictures of the Halloween decorations that are going up in your neighborhood. Okay? One of the interesting things about living in Tennessee when I moved here was that all of a sudden, all these Christian people put up Halloween decorations and, like, some of the ghoulish things like tombstones and all this other stuff. I guarantee you, I don't know why I know this, but I guarantee you that there are going to be Halloween decorations with Trump being hung, bloodied, you know, just massacred. People are that sick that they would do that. They would do that with our president and make it a Halloween decoration. So all you guys go out there, you start driving around your neighborhood, Halloween's coming up at the end of this month. If you see something like that, take a picture of it and send it to me because I guarantee that left is that nuts that they will be doing that. Right, Because the devil hates him. I mean, the devil hates us. But, you know, what? greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And also, um, you know, the devil's lost. He knows his time's short. Yeah, he does. And he's going down in flames. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And so, you know, we as believers, you know, we have that power. We have power. We have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. You know, we can go out. We can cast out demons. We can heal people in Jesus' name. We can do all that stuff because God told us we could because we have that. And, yeah, I don't believe the gifts are dead. I believe they're alive. And I think that I think that there's going to be a new anointing and uh, power. By the way, Bareface, did you see the thing I posted, Priscilla Shire? Shire? No. I want to end the show with it. <clears throat> Here, I'm gonna. I, it's if you go to my Facebook page, it's okay. right there. If you scroll down just a little bit, I tagged a couple of people in this. This is like six minutes, and um, I think it would be a great way to end the show. Cause, cause if you have not seen this clip, uh, Priscilla Shire um, doing uh, saying this, um, it it will. It's it's powerful, and you'll understand once you see it. Um, cause cause. Cause I believe this is a lesson for us. And in case you don't know who she is, she was in the movie war room and she's also, uh, an author and a biblical theologian, a, a Bible teacher. And I would say also that she's the daughter of Tony and, and Lois Evans. Um, so she's extremely biblical. <clears throat> there are over 400,000 views on this video on Facebook. And, um, And I think that this is this is the future. And I think the six
1: eighteen video.
2: Yeah, you see her right? The she's in the red shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Let's watch this. I guarantee you. And then once you see this, if you're on my face, if you're a friend of mine on um, Facebook, then I want you to share this on your Facebook and tell people about it, because. this is where it starts this is the key to the future of america
1: working on it here don't worry
2: um did anybody you? did any of you guys do this so yeah and just so you guys know i don't have an e in my name those of you who like to spell my name do you see there on, on on my name right there? There's no E. Do you see that? No E in there. There's no E in any of my name.
1: No E. No E. No E. I just, no I, E.
2: I just thought I'd point that out in case you didn't notice. I have no E in my name. No no E. Okay. You ready?
1: Yeah. I was just trying to make up some lyrics There, go to the next step, you know? All no right, so let's e- watch early. watch this, and then it is spelled S T A C Y N O E. All right.
2: Okay. So after we watch this, I think Randall should pray us out. Yeah. Because you're gonna want to watch this. Okay. All right. Here we go.
1: Are we going? Are you sure, oh. we're going. All right. Let's do it.
2: Okay. You're gonna love this.
1: All right. Let me. Uh, there it is.
0: It was the 1940s or so when there was a professor who was in England. His name was Professor Orr, O R R. He taught theology at a university there. He decided to take some of his theology students, this is the 1940s, he decided to take them on an excursion, a field trip, so to speak. And so he gathered up his students and he said, we're going to go visit some of the historical places here in England that have some sort of theological significance. He took them to many religious sites, some that had been very strategic in the building up of the church and in um, the Christian faith. And one of the places that they visited was the Epworth uh, Rectory, which would have been the home, the living place, the study place of one of the great reformers of the church. His name was John Wesley. John Wesley sort of put in place much of the theology upon which the church that you attend, that I attend, a lot of that foundational theology was crafted by reformers like John Wesley. So John Wesley would study, he would teach, he would preach, he would pray that revival would spread out, not only in England, but he prayed for it here in our country, that would, revival would break out. He and others like him ushered in, in prayer, some of the great revivals that swept through America in the early 1900s were people in mass. We're coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord where the heavens seemed to be open in an unusual way and revival broke out in a way that has made the history books that we still look back on now and recognize the fire of God's spirit that spread during that time period. It's because guys, many of them, like John Wesley, were on their knees praying that God would move. So these theology students went and they visited this rectory, this house where he lived, and they went in the kitchen. Professor Orr showed them all where John Wesley would have uh, eaten his... Uh, lunch and his dinners, where he would have cooked, where he would have lived his life there, took him into the study where John Wesley would have studied. These theology students were enamored because, of course, some of the old books that John Wesley would have studied from, that he had written in, some of those notes they had preserved, they were still there on the desk and on the bookshelves. And so the theology students were feeling the, the spines of those books, just enjoying the richness of this history. And then Professor Orr walked the students up to the second floor where the the most intimate quarters of John Wesley would have been his bedroom, walked in the bedroom, and the students began to file around the bed in a tiny space in that bedroom. And as they all filed into the room, one of them noticed as they got around the far side of the bed that there were two um, small patches, well-worn patches in the carpet fibers of the floor. They were right next to each other and they were beside the bed. And he he asked his professor about those patches that were worn right there beside the bed. And Professor Orr explained that it is said that those two patches were the actual places where every single morning, not for a minute or two, but for several hours on end, John Wesley would plant his knees right beside his bed. And he had prayed so long and so hard for revival that his knees had actually imprinted themselves onto the floor that the carpet fibers were were worn as he prayed for revival. So the students stood in there for a moment. And after a few moments, they left the room. They went downstairs. They all got on the bus to go to the next location. Professor Orr stood at the front of the bus, counted the students to make sure everybody was there. And he realized one was missing. He walked back into the house, went into the kitchen to look for the student, nobody was there, went into the study to look for the student, nobody was there, walked up the stairs into the bedroom, and he could just see across the other side of the bed the head and shoulders of a student who had planted his knees down in those well-worn patches on the floor, and he could hear the student praying, do it again, Lord. Lord, would you do it again? And would you do it again with me? Professor Orr walked around the side of the bed. He put his hand on the the shoulder of the student and he said, It's time to go. And rising from his knees, Billy Graham went and joined the rest of the students on the bus that day. And then, God did it again. And I just wonder what would happen if this week there were some people who were brave enough to say, Lord, would you do it again? Would you not allow me to be a Christian in name only? Would you make it so that I'm so uncomfortable with being a nominal Christian who just comes to church, who just reads a verse a day to keep the devil away, who's just a good person, but isn't a person who is completely sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you make it so that I am different and unique and set apart and filled by the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, would you do it again? And would you let it start with me? I'm praying for revival. I'm talking about straight up old school, flat footed revival. I'm talking about where the Holy Spirit breaks out so clearly and so fully that there is not one person that walks the face of the earth that does not know that there is a God somewhere. And that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us from our sins. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father except through him. Lord, do it again.
2: Women preachers, I'm just saying. Lord, we pray that you would do it again. <clears throat> yeah, we do. Lord, we know that there's division in this country. We know that people don't know you. We pray that they would come to know you. I agree with my sister who understands your word, who, who is a woman of your word, who is a woman of history, who understands, Lord, that you can do whatever it is that you want and that no matter what man decides that they think that they can do, that you can do whatever you want because you're God and we're not. Father, we pray for our president and his wife. We ask, Lord, that no weapon formed against them would prosper in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimony that his recovery is going to be to the world, Lord, because I believe that you will use him as a testimony. And I believe that he will also be our president again for another four years. And I already thank you in advance for doing that. We pray, Father, that you would open the eyes of those who are in darkness, Lord, that you would open the eyes that they would confront the evil in the dark, and that they would be terrified enough to come to you, who is the light. Lord, we know that the time is short, that you're coming soon, Father, and we pray for souls. We pray for lost people, Father. The the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he would devour. And Lord, we pray that you, Father, would snatch these people out of hell, out from the brink of hell, Lord and that those who have hardened hearts Lord your word says that you uh, you give people over to a reprobate mind Lord if that's the case then, then you've already given them enough chances right and, you, and you, they did it to themselves we thank you for the fact that you've given us free will and Lord I just pray that you give us the free will to share your word even more to not be ashamed of the gospel to be bold enough to speak the truth even when our culture is saying no you're lying no we're not we're telling the truth because you're the truth and nothing that, you know, you do, you don't lie. <laughs> the enemy lies. And so, Lord, we just commit this to you. We pray that you would make your name glorious above all else. And, uh, father, for the mockers and the scoffers who come into this show, we pray, Lord, that you would get them. We pray that you would convict them of their sin, father, that they would be humbled until they come to you looking up and understand how much you love them that you love them enough that you died in their place so that they could come to know you. And I just thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, for everybody in this this show, the, the people that support this show, that donate to us. I ask that you would continue to bless them. And thank you, Lord, for always providing for us, regardless of where it comes from. We know it's from you. And we just commit this to you. And uh, we will look forward to seeing what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you want to say anything?
1: Um, no.
2: I think God's going to do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's going to do great things. We know that. And presidents have come, presidents have gone, kings have come, kings have gone, kingdoms have risen and fallen. Um, but the Lord remains forever, and uh, none of his purposes can be withheld from him. And it is his will, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And, you know, the Lord, Jesus said himself, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world might be saved through him. And it's it's a powerful message, it's a true message, and... And it just needs to be told a lot more. Um, Paul writes in Romans that it's the the goodness of God, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And that comes at the end of a long list of sins (laughs) that beset the world. And the kindness, we realize, is that though we deserve death, though we deserve eternal punishment, uh, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Uh, that uh, there is this this great redemption, restoration, transformation, opportunity. And yeah. and that just needs to be proclaimed I... more than ever before. And, uh, and I think if we do that, we do that prayerfully, we will see revival.
2: You know... 37 years ago today, I was baptized in the Christ. I was buried with Christ and I was baptized. And this is what it says here. I'm going to read this out of Romans 6. Check this out. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin sin, still live in it? certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for for he who has died is freed from sin i'll just stop there i got to share with you what happened on the day i was baptized i was 13 i was about 13 years old when i got baptized and I became a Christian about a year before that. My mom had me baptized when I was a little baby as, as a Catholic because my dad was Catholic. And so they, they, did, they had me do the first communion and then they sprinkled me and, and all that. So I actually look back on my life like prior to this and I look at, um, I believe God, when my parents did that, I don't know what their faith was like. Because they got thrown out of the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church is really tolerant. But anyway, whatever they they dedicated me to to God. I believe that God honored that um, because even before I knew Jesus personally, I knew there was God. I just didn't know who He was. Kind of like in Paul's um, in, in Acts where they preach to the unknown God. Well, anyway, long story short. I went to a youth group after a series of interesting um, things and Boo, also known as Barbara, but her nickname was Boo, Boo and Carolyn, who were sisters, who are the teen youth coaches, they were like, hey, you need to get baptized. And so I went home and I told my mom I need to get baptized. They came over. They told my mom, yeah, this is part of being a Christian. She needs to be immersed into the you know, and be baptized. Well, my mom was ardently opposed to it. She didn't like the fact that I was a Christian. She thought I had gotten involved in a cult because after my friend Gail gave me a Bible and I started reading it and I was completely obsessed with it. I was memorizing scripture every day and I was sharing scripture. I was evangelizing on my campus um, in high school. I mean, I, I became a complete Jesus freak. I mean, it was it was a complete <laughs> radical conversion i mean it really really was i was just obsessed with god's word after i got a copy of it it took a while for me to get a copy but i finally got a copy well my mom was so ardently opposed to me being baptized that she decided instead of coming to my baptism that um that she was gonna finally get married to the guy she was shacking up with john who i was actually living in his house actually we were living with him at that time Anyway, so my mom drives to Vegas to get married to her third husband. (laughs) And it was a Sunday. And so I went. Um, My mom refused to let Barbara baptize me um, because a woman wasn't supposed to do that. And the church that I went to was like, no, she can't do that because it's a woman, blah, blah. So I ended up getting baptized by the pastor at my church. Um, it was actually at another church, because my church didn't have a baptism, so we were borrowing a church, a church's baptism in the afternoon. So I go up, and I step into the baptism, the the baptism, baptistry, baptistry. Thank you, Bearface. You're welcome. I knew it was called something like that. <laughs> and because it was in the afternoon, and and that church, I guess, didn't have any baptisms that day, the water was freezing cold. It was like ice cubes. I mean, so I stepped in there, you know, they put a robe on me and, and, um, and anyway, I stepped in there and the water was freezing cold. And I remember Fred, Fred was the the guy that, Fred Bittner was the guy that baptized me. He was my first pastor. Uh, he got in there and, you know, he had me do the, the, profession of faith asked if I believe. It was clearly obvious I believed because (laughs) I was challenging every believer in the church about, hey, did you read this in the Bible? I mean, I was just uh, crazy. Um, And and I said, yeah, of course I believe, blah, blah. And so then he baptizes me, he dunks me. And when I went down into the water, all of a sudden, the water became warm, like you would not believe. I'll never forget it because it was such... It was weird. It was like the water just got super warm. It was like I was wrapped in clothing that was really warm. And I got back up and I was warm. But the water was freezing. The I mean, the water was cold. But God literally wrapped me in warm water when I got baptized and came back up. And uh, anyway, and Carolyn, my friend, she... She said to me, the day I got baptized, she said, you know, the step that you're taking right now is one of the most important steps you'll ever take as a believer. Because the minute that you profess your faith in Christ and then follow him in obedience to get baptized, the devil knows he's lost you for sure. So I just say that because, um, you know, that there's no theological, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible it actually says that. But the idea there is that, if you love jesus enough to publicly identify with him in outward baptism like he did then you're pretty serious about your faith because a lot of people won't do, do that and i actually have known people who've been in their church the whole life that never got baptized i was shocked i remember one of my friends i won't say who it is but randall knows who she is it wasn't until she was married and ended up in a baptist church she got baptized even though she was raised in the church she never got baptized so I just bring that up just to say, if you've never been baptized and you're a follower of Christ, you you really need to consider getting yourself baptized, and take it seriously. Go go read Romans chapter six, and you can you can read about about that, um, and all that. So today is my birthday in the Lord, and my uh, I was born again a, a year prior. I don't know the exact date, so I I memorialize October second as. My birthday, next Friday is my actual birthday, where I was literally birthed, my mom birthed me. Uh, But Jesus birthed me today. And, uh, you know, if I had known 37 years ago, the journey that I've been on ever since, (laughs) I would be like, no way, all that happened? You know, that's just nuts. I I wouldn't even, there would be no way I would think any of this stuff in my life would happen. You know, there'd be no way I would think that all the stuff that happened in my life would happen. But you know what? It has. And um, there would be some stuff I would like to change. But overall, you know, God has made me who I am. And and uh, and you have him to thank for it. So, <laughs> so all that to say, praise God that all those years ago I got saved. Um, and I just hope that somebody in this audience... If there's one thing that I, you know, people, people will ask that question. Well, if there's one thing you want to be known for when you're dead, I just want people to know that Christ is everything, you know, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. And, um, if you don't know that about me or what we do here at Bible News Radio, then, I don't know where you're listening because it's pretty clear uh, where we stand. Are we perfect? No, but you know what? I bet you I'm mild compared to the Apostle Paul. Just saying. And and some of the women of the Old Testament, I think I'm pretty mild compared to them as well. Uh, but if you knew me then compared to now, you'd be thankful that you didn't know me then. Ask Bareface. He knew me then. So, well, he didn't know me early early but he did know me 30 years ago so seven years into my walk he met me so all right well with that said you have any other comments randall uh no ma'am okay all right well it's it's past our 90 minute time not that we're doing this for 90 minutes but i will say if you have not donated yet to our show and you'd like to support what we do go over to biblenewsradio.com forward slash give and you can donate to our nonprofit heart tug international and um We appreciate it. Okay. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you people. Yeah, he does.